Welcome to the Farm Answers Podcast. The Farm Answers Podcast takes a deeper look at projects funded by the USDA National Institute of Food and Agriculture's Beginning Farm and Rancher Development Program and how they are reaching beginning farmers and ranchers. Hi, Nathan. Welcome to the Farm Answers Podcast. Hey, how's it going, Betty? It's going good. So today I have Nathan Harkle Road with Alba, which is based in California, to talk to us about his project and his organization. So let's start right there. Tell me a little bit, Nathan, about your organization. What do you do there? Who do you serve? So again, my name is Nathan Harkle Road. I'm the program director at Alba, which is actually an acronym that stands for the Agricultural Land Base Training Association, uh, the TIA Silent. We're a very unique project right here in the part of the Salinas Valley, which is, you know, often referred to as the salad bowl of America, a huge uh, farming industry right around us. And we have 100 acres of farmland right in the thick of that. Very special land base that's been used for over 20 years to help farm workers get a chance to go on and start their own farms. You know, in our area, there's roughly 75 to 100,000 farm workers employed each year. And a lot of them are looking, well, most of them come here as immigrants from Mexico, right? A farming background. And they're here to, you know, do something better for them themselves. A subset of those farm workers in areas seek us out. And there's been predecessor organizations to Alba on the same land. And actually, the land has a history going back to the 70s of doing similar kind of work. Yeah, the basic program structure is two parts. It's a five-year total program. Uh, year one is what we call our farmer education course. And it's uh, you know a classroom and field-based practical kind of course for people to prepare to launch a farm. So most everyone coming to us wants to start a farm. Oftentimes they've had like an aha moment out in the fields where they're, yeah, they've been working hard for a number of years, even decades sometimes. They're like, oh, I can perhaps do something on my own. I can benefit more directly from my hard work. And they seek us out oftentimes by word of mouth. So the first year is structured where, you know, we have uh, five different eight week long modules that we offer from, you know, production, obviously business which is actually where a lot of you know small farms fall down. So they didn't, they haven't focused on business marketing, right? Regulations, we're in the most heavily regulated state in California. And uh, it's a whole new world for people to learn about. And then, you know, the actual ramp up to people launching a farm. So it's fairly comprehensive. You know, we're always trying to tweak it, improve it and bring in new partners. And yeah, we actually farm an acre together as a class too, to get that hands-on experience from you know, seed to harvest, including like, you know, paperwork, food safety, compliance, all kinds of stuff. And using that as a a learning tool back in the classroom, right? Trying to relate the two. So yeah, we serve about 25 to 30 students in that part of the program, right? And of that group, in the range of 10 to 15 will graduate, what we call it. And from there, they can apply to lease land in our, the second phase of the program, which is our organic farm incubator. Now, those that don't go on to launch a farm, sometimes they already have land that they want to develop as a farm outside of Alba or their college students. We do take in college students from our local community college. Those are actually usually in the kids of farm workers. And they're going back to study. And some just use the experience to go back into the, you know, the workforce and hopefully they can leverage it to get a better job. And the organic farm incubator, it's sort of like a reduced risk, supportive environment for people to get started. You know, it's, uh, it takes a lot of capital to get started farming, especially in our region. Um, yeah. So we, you know, we reduce some of those costs by subsidizing the land. Uh, we have equipment that we lease out at a subsidized rate and then all the wonderful support that we're able to offer in-house at Alba on learning how to use the equipment and the irrigation infrastructure and, you know, establishing their own irrigation systems to uh, compliance. We actually have two people that 
help farmers with compliance, which includes things like food safety, organic certification, all kinds of other licenses and permits. And do they help with the regulation piece too in California? Yeah, the whole range of you know compliance kinds of topics. And then we have a marketing person. So we actually help facilitate marketing relationships with our farmers so they can get into you know good markets and start making some sales and diversify too once they've already been farming for a couple of years. Over time, you know, one of our lessons learned is that we can't do everything ourselves. We're just a small nonprofit, right? There's a uh, 11 of us that work here very humbly. So we've learned to rely on partners to fill in the gaps. So we have California FarmLink. They come in um, and offer a loan program and a little bit of land matching for those that are getting ready to leave. We have Kitchen Table Advisors. They're a really a cool organization. They do one-on-one business coaching. They have a three-year program. And they take on, you know, like three to five of our farmers each year. And then they get matched to a business advisor. You know, the business advisors are really kind of looking at the whole business, supporting them wherever their needs are, right? Uh, in a very intensive way. So they've been a great partner and really helps us be, our farmers have more chances of success when they leave. Um, and then a whole bunch of other partners on the Resource Conservation District to help with nutrient irrigation management. We have digital literacy now through COVID, we've learned well. We really need to get our farmers up to speed on computers and technology. They were all jumping on Zoom meetings, you know, pretty quickly. So that's been new and very useful. Our farmers have risen to that challenge. I think there's been stereotypes out there that farm, farm workers can't learn technology, and that's so untrue. We just added a wellness series that our farmers request. Yeah, some other partners too. We've got Ag, and, Ag Supervisory and Leadership Training, which was one that we added during the SPFRDP project. And that's helping our farmers learn how to be employers, right? Because ultimately they grow and have to take on employees and never really have any training in that. So learning how to manage employees, which oftentimes means family members. So that's been great. And then those that don't stick with farming long-term, they've got a couple of credentials, you know, they can go out and use and maybe go from being a farm worker to like a farm manager or supervisor, you know, who knows, maybe someday a district manager. So anyhow, that's that's kind of how the partnerships work. Um, we offer all kinds of workshops throughout the year. We have a whole food safety series and other topics uh, that we train on. Yeah, believe it or not, we've got almost 40 farmers on our land right now. Everyone starts off on a half acre and it's all commercial organic production that we're kind of training on. So it's not, you know, it's kind of similar to the farming around us in a lot of ways. It's organic. We don't have all the tools in the toolbox. We do have a lot of good tools. And uh, we prepare people to grow really, really high quality produce that can stand on the shelf next to, you know, um, the produce from the larger companies. Everyone starts really small on a half acre to kind of get their feet wet. And then each year they can scale up. So by year five, you know, they can be on five acres or so. Sometimes uh, people joke we're like the Harvard of uh, organic farm incubators, you know, because um, it's like a college. System, right. And then I joke, we're like the Cal Poly of uh incubators because probably when i went to school you know their motto is learn by doing so we provide like what i consider the ultimate farming practicum learn by doing hands-on learn from the land the land has a lot of lessons to teach us um and our own experience teaches a lot the unique community that we have too where farmers can learn from each other so easily uh helps a lot so yeah you know we've got all these farmers and um by year five it's time to Leave the nest, you know, spread your wings. So a lot of times farmers are getting land while, while they're here. So it eases the transition, right? And uh, when they leave, you know, usually they're looking for somewhere in that 10 to 20 acre range and, uh, you know, had um, 
quite a bit of success, you know, um, getting farmers out of Alba and continuing to farm. So it's very inspiring. Like I love working here. You can hear it I've in your voice. 13 years. 13 years. Yeah, years. 13 years. Yeah. I never thought I'd be like a company man. Yeah. The mission's so inspiring. You know, you're here, you see people that have, have worked in conditions that aren't always uplifting, right? You know, it's um, most of the companies from what I've experienced around here, you know, they're following the, the letter of the law, but you know, you're told when you can have your breaks, you get 15 minutes in the morning, you get 30 minutes in the afternoon, you're working uh, really hard at peace rate to try to eck out a living. And, you know, it's just kind of a harsh environment. And at some point, some people want to do something on their own and call the shots. And, uh, and that is sort of like a transformation that happens for people. And I'm not going to lie, like people work more hours probably and harder <laughs> as anybody that's trying to start a small business. But you see the satisfaction of people, you know, having more control over lives, being able to farm oftentimes as a family unit. And they, yeah, they're often excited the first time they grow a crop and bring samples to the office and see the pride. And then you see even more pride when they're like driving out with a flatbed of two pallets of product, right? You're doing a lot and it's um, obviously really well thought out the way that you're approaching it, trying to help people figure out, is this for me? What is this all going to take? Let's try it. And then to have that that time to see if it is the right fit. Um, and you can tell in listening to some of just the very simple results you're sharing, you know, hey, we see people bringing stuff into the office, just you can hear the pride in your voice. And yeah, there is definitely something different about working for yourself versus working for someone else. You do have to work really hard because you do everything then, right? But uh, at the same time, you know, you're doing it for yourself. When you work for yourself, you're doing it for you. And that's, um, you get a wonderful sense of accomplishment. Can you tell me a little bit more more about this particular project that you received the grant funding for? Uh, maybe you added something onto the incubator or tell me a little bit more about um, how this all kind of played out. Yeah. Well, first of all, let me just say I'm thankful and I was thankful that, you know, we've been able to be a beneficiary of this uh, important you know, USDA program for several cycles. And really it's allowed us to expand the kinds of services that we provide. We're always looking for what else is needed and this project has done a number of things, really. I mean, it's uh, uh, it kind of coincided with a time when we needed to do more for marketing. We used to have a cooler and distribution center here on site, and we would market a lot of our product. It was really convenient, but it was a struggle for us as an organization. And we stopped doing that. We had to rethink how we we're going to go about it. So we've kind of generated this marketing position, right? And that's really a facilitation. And at the same time as us kind of stepping out of marketing product, some other distributors that have similar value propositions stepped up. So we're doing a lot of liaising through to these other distributors, as well as like other generally smaller kinds of buyers, but things such as school districts. And during COVID, all these food pantry projects, we're trying to find ways for farmers to get a higher return on some percentage of their product, right? So BFRDP helped that. And this project, you know, is in the heart of COVID. And we had to do a lot of pivoting where suddenly we Farmers need to learn technology. We had to develop a whole system around that. And as staff too, like we needed training and BFRDP helps support that. So, and also some of the other partnerships that I mentioned, the ag supervisor and leadership and enabling our partners to have more capacity to, to work with our participants. So it's really just something that buttress, you know, what we're doing already. And we appreciate the ability to expand our services. Also COVID pivot was like suddenly all this, these opportunities, business assistance opportunities were coming out 
we really had to dedicate resources because we want our farmers to be able to tap into them. They're easily overlooked. There's certain cultural barriers for them to get into these sorts of programs. So, uh, yeah, we dedicate a lot of staff resources and build up new partnerships. And um, and that's all, you know, thanks to BFRDP. I think it sounds great. Do you have a story that you want to share maybe about a specific farmer who, or a specific student that did become a farmer? We'd love to hear stories here on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely, Betty. Um, thanks for giving me that opportunity. Just really quickly, too, I know we were talking about, you know, what BFRDP allowed us to do. I think it's very important to mention that so far, you know, we've still got some time left in our project. We've launched over 36 farms. 30, 36 farms that have been yeah. launched. Yeah, easily over 70 supported. And I'll say this, that, you know, we've learned during the course of this project, and we've had a chance to get do more work with our alumni, too, and, and do a little bit of impact study and so forth. But uh, yeah, over 35% of the organic farms in Monterey County, which is nearly a $5 billion a year ag industry, came out of Alvin. These farms don't account for most of the acreage that's organic but operations, right? And rebalancing, the rebalancing that we need in our food system, you know, when you look at 95% or more of the field workers in this country are Latinx, right? Yet only 4% of Latinx people comprise the farm owners. That's a really good statistic. I want to hear about one of these farms that you've launched now. You have 35 to pick from at least, or one of the 70 that you're supporting. Yeah, Betty, there's a lot of great stories. One I'll share is about a, a farmer that we have, Adelia, Adelia Coronel. Okay, so he started farming Alba about three years ago. You know, he was a, I believe he was a strawberry picker before coming to Alba, working piece rate, you know, hustling, both husband and wife working to kind of pay the bills, which are really high on California on the coast. I don't know if you know about that, but uh, it's a hard place to to make it for anybody. So anyhow, he had a little light bulb moment, like a lot of participants came to Alba and he was just so eager and so ready to soak up knowledge. One of those people that was like, I'm here, I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity. All-star student, he ended up qualifying to get a scholarship actually from one of our other partners. It's our organic certifier that also does a lot of other types of work through their foundation. And he got a nice chunk of change that helped to launch his farm. So he launched in year two, right? And, you know, he's still working. <laughs> he's still working outside of Alba on that first, just on a half acre. He can't make a full-time income off that. So imagine like whatever, working 50, 60 hours during the week, coming after work to farm here, your half acre, coming on the weekends, not just Saturday, but, you know, Saturday, Sunday. This is how passionate people are. Like they want to do this and they will make the sacrifices and uh, it helps that they have family support a lot of times. So anyhow, made a go at it, you know, had some great crops his first year, hit the ground running. By second year, you know, it was scaling up. So that was when he decided to uh, leave his other job, right? And dedicate himself to farming Alba. I think it was like two acres or so that he was on. His wife was still working, becoming, you know, on her time off. And yeah, it was, uh, you know, that's always a, a little bit of a change, you know, when you have to do it full time and your income depends on it. But uh, he put in the hard work, you know, started to figure some things out. But one of his realizations was that, you know, he needed more help, more labor and labor so tight. Going back to this labor piece, like, you know, as a small farm, you can't always offer as much as what bigger farmers can provide these days. So, you know, he's, he thought about it and made a lot of good choices. It's so like, I'm going to just learn how to be really efficient. I'm going to get really good at growing a you know, set number of crops, not too complicated. 
he got really good at, you know, setting up his tractor to do a lot more weed management than some of the other farmers. And that was something that helped him save a lot of labor because one of the big costs, you know, in organic farming, it makes the product more expensive on the shelves is that there's a little more like manual labor when it comes to weeding. So that, you know, he's helping reduce that cost for him, be more efficient. He's now in his third year and with the help of partners, right? He was able to, he's already on land outside of Alabama. And then, you know, like I said, I want to tie in this marketing piece. So he's mostly growing for distributors, but now he wanted to dabble in some direct marketing. I try it out. And uh, through our marketing liaison position and some other partnerships that we have, we're able to develop a farmer's market pilot project that makes it a little easier to get into farmer's markets and provide some training. He participated in that, you know, and just currently trying out direct marketing to see where it might take him. You know, that's not an uncommon kind of trajectory for a lot of our participants, but I thought I would share his because there was some, because of his passion, because of um, some of his smart decisions, and it demonstrates how some of these partnerships and roles that we have at Alba can be synergistic. He sat down and instead of focusing on what he could not do, he focused on what he could do well. I'm guessing that was also a key to his success. Yeah. The ability to kind of take a step back and look at the whole picture. You know, we tell everyone that comes here, like everyone that comes here has great experience. I'm humbled. We learn a lot from our participants and like everyone comes and we're the general philosophy that I like to say as well. You know, why don't you share what you're good at to lift other people up? And at the same time, like look at where you need to um, get more training experience and focus on that and take advantage of the opportunities around you because on your own, you can't do this. You know, just like uh, they say, it takes a village. And here we're lucky. We've got great partnerships. We've got a great staff. We've got a great community of farmers on the land and that have left that we can drop on to increase the chances of someone's success. Yeah. Very cool. So how does a beginning farmer engage with uh, the program? Yeah. Well, you know, um, we do some promotion and so forth, go to events, but mostly it's word of mouth, Betty. We have a reputation around here, you know, um, we're always trying to be able to recruit more people, of course, but, uh, Every week, people come by and they're they're saying, "Oh, I want to do your program." And we take their names down, we give them an application, and uh, we get in touch when the you know it's time for the next cycle to begin. And a lot of it is actually our farmers. You know, they're our spokespeople. Oftentimes, they have employees, right? And their employees are here on the ground, they're looking around, like, "Oh, well, maybe I should try this too." Seems like a great opportunity. So yeah, it's kind of how it plays out. Now, the college student piece, well. The first year of the program is accredited by our local community college, Hartnell. We get a, a small stream that's fairly steady of folks coming from, from the college. We're a great place for them to get hands-on experience uh, and learn about organic production, which when I started here in the Valley, whatever, 13 years ago, 5% of the land was organic in Murray County. What do you think it is now, Betty? Oh my gosh, don't put me on the spot. You're making this difficult. 25, 30% with, you know, Considering that it takes three years to transition land, there's going to be more acreage. Think about the people that work out in the fields, right? We clearly, if we conventional products, there's going to be some residue that we consume. Um, and this is not, not to put down conventional agriculture whatsoever. However, clearly when we eat conventional products, we're going to get some residue, you know, which could potentially have, you know, effects on our health in the long term or even short term. But imagine farm workers that are out there up the crops all day long. They're taking on a much heavier load. So when we go organic, you know, we're protecting farm workers, we're doing positive things for the environment, um, the communities in these rural areas. So I'm I'm proud to be here at Alba training on organic farming practices. I'm proud to 
be able to help hardworking people, you know, get a chance that a lot of us take for granted, you know, American born folks, like we can go to school, you know, want a better job. We go do a training program. We go to college and uh, the folks that are working hard to put food on the plates of, you know, the kit or the tables across America, think about the holidays coming up. They deserve a chance to do something for themselves too. That's the American dream. Everyone deserves to have, you know, a good life and be able to provide for their family. Well, Nathan, I really uh, appreciate that you were able to take some time and join us today. Thank you. Can you give me your website and social where we can find you on social media to learn more? Yeah. Yeah. What a pleasure, Betty. And so thanks to you and thanks to NIFA and the BFRDP program for supporting us. Yeah. We'd love to have you all involved and, you know, see what we're doing. So uh, you can find out more information about ALBA at www.albafarmers.org. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram with the handle Alba Farmers with an S. Awesome. Well, check out Alba. And thank you so much, Nathan. I really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, me too, Betty. Hopefully we get to do it again sometime. Thank you for listening to the Farm Answers podcast. This episode was hosted by Betty Burning, produced by Curtis Monken and Jeff Reisdorfer. Listen and subscribe to the Farm Answers podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major streaming platforms. Tell your smart device to play the Farm Answers podcast. To learn more about this USDA NIFA BFRDP project and other projects, visit farmanswers.org. The Farm Answers podcast and farmanswers.org are funded by the United States Department of Agriculture, National Institute of Food and Agriculture, and are a product of the Center for Farm Financial Management at the University of Minnesota. 